0: Welcome to the Wood Talk Weekend Show. It's time to unbutton those pants, crack open a fresh grape soda, and let the soothing sounds of Mark, Shannon, and Matt caress your ear holes. All right, it's Wood Talk number 384 for May 26, 2017. It's a weekend show. Who cares? It's the weekend. Tired of the pretending. The Harry Giggler's here. <laughs> Let's the, do ha- this. Did you say the Harry Giggler? Yeah, Harry Giggler.
1: Oh, he said Giggler. It's the I Memorial said- Day weekend show. Woo-hoo. What? That's do you know it was a
0: long weekend? Oh, man. Let's have a good time, y'all. All right, so it is the weekend. That means we're going to do a show. And today we're going to talk about something that came up in a sort of text string that we had together, uh, the three of us off the show, and just were talking about this being a thing. It uh, has to do with acquiring tools too soon or, or too quickly and as people who generally get emails from other woodworkers who are you know at various stages in their progression in the craft we tend to see like this sort of overview of, of what what's happening with some people so i think and you know correct me if i'm wrong here what what can happen is a lot of people get into the craft they start watching videos you know maybe reading some books like 2% of them the rest of them are watching videos <laughs> and they see us using things and they see us you know, showing off new tools or perhaps it's a sponsored uh, thing and we're showing off a new tool and they get into this mode where they just assume they need to have that thing uh, and what can happen is they wind up getting these things. Maybe they're things that just make their life a lot easier. Let's use the domino as an example. You get that too early and there is a risk of sort of hamstringing yourself in a, in a woodworking sense because you're denying yourself the, the lessons and the skill set involved in making a traditional mortise and tenon joint and it isn't just about making the mortise and tenon joint. It's all the other things that you now have a skill set to do because you can execute that mortise and tenon joint and a domino as great as it is is so point and shoot that if you get that early in your woodworking career it robs you of an important lesson and I guess if you never have to do any of those things that require those particular skills maybe you're fine but most people do have a reason to be able to, to execute those particular skills so uh, let's just bat this around a little bit. First of all, have you guys, um, I know Shannon has, we talked about it before, but uh, Matt, have you seen examples of this where people are asking for advice and what they're asking is a very clear sign that they have skipped the foundation and and simply acquired a tool and now they don't know what the heck to do?
2: You know, I can't think of any good examples off the top of my head. Well, don't single anyone
1: out because <laughs> I don't want to do that. <clears throat> no, I... There's this time when Mark emailed me and that's right. Want to know about blade angles? And boy, was that telling. <laughs> Listen, you prick. Uh,
0: it was, <laughs> I was trying to give you a chance for providing me with a reference article. Okay,
2: oh, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> Just turn
2: that totally around. Oh
0: man,
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Why does everybody always pick on me, huh? Oh wait, that's what well, that's supposed to say. Always
1: picking on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you can't think of any any specific examples?
2: Not of anybody like, or anything I've like heard recently. But I think you you make up a good point with the domino. Like, like all the things you kind of miss out on if you don't do a traditional Morse and tenon or like just a tenon is you don't really understand or learn the value or the maybe even the challenge of getting a shoulder to be perfect all the way around all four sides without. You know, one side being overcut or undercut or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a skill, and you can learn pretty quickly. Like if you do it on your table saw, if your table saw is actually set up to be square and 90 degrees for those cuts, because if it's not, you're going to see pretty quickly by the time you get around to your fourth shoulder or whatever, one suddenly it's like it's cutting past your shoulder line right? because it's not square.
1: Yeah. Well, there's inherent things. I mean, a domino makes a, a tenon joint faster. And as you said, more kind of point and shoot, but the actual structure, like if you're building a table, you know, unless you, if you've never built a table before and understand that kind of the aprons lock into the legs and how that structure goes together, just being able to create a tenant an abstract doesn't really help you very much. So like if you're looking at, Ooh, should I buy a domino? And you can't immediately think of where that would help you or where that would create time savings then that might be an indication that you're getting a little ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's a, it's, a, it's a game changer. It's a total time saver. Um, but I think until you've kind of done it the other way, mm-hmm. you can't respect what the time saver would be. And I think if you start to leverage, since we're talking about the domino, if you leverage the domino in a more advanced application, like a chair – where maybe the the seat frame is not a perfect square, but it's more of a trapezoid mm-hmm. now well it's like, well, do I angle the you know how do I angle that? And then it, it becomes this very abstract thing. Well wait a minute, and you don't quite understand because it's, it's not just point and shoot anymore because you haven't actually ever put together a frame like that to understand that maybe the back legs have the bevel cut into the face or the shoulder of the the side rails of the the table are actually at the angle until you've done that
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it's suddenly not point and shoot anymore because right. there's other prep work that has to happen um whereas i think if you've done some of that work not necessarily build the chair but have assembled enough mortise and tenons um you you start to kind of innately grasp how it goes together how it forms a structure what makes it strong what makes it weak etc
0: um, yeah well i mean you've got the the you're constructing these shoulders and I think there's also a furniture design aspect of these things as well. So when we're designing a particular type of joint to go together, a lot of times you have to say what kind of reveal am I going to establish here? You know, so your table example, uh, Shannon, if you have an apron, how much of a reveal do you allow? And if you have a, let's say you don't have any of the experience sort of designing and building those things, and you go straight to a domino, you might wonder how deep or how far in should this domino go to place that rail? Um, It's something that if you've already done that stuff, it's just okay, well now I just have to find my domino center point, whichever, you know, point allows me to have that quarter inch reveal that I'm going for, that eighth inch reveal. I just think there's other like associated factors that go along with the traditional um, uh, joinery that that will sort of just, it's kind of hard to put your finger on exact examples, but they just make you a better woodworker overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've had a few questions like this because we are building a dining chair in the guild right now, and some folks have dominoes. And it does seem like a few folks need a little bit more help to figure out how to apply that domino to the project. And and it, it, that's kind of what got me wondering about this, is that, a, is that an example of the, the situation where the tool was acquired too soon? Because really, when I look at the domino as an alternative to what I've done, I just go, oh my God, that would be so much easier, right? Yeah. Like it literally, because the thing is, the way I've designed this in terms of my mortise and tenons, the every joint is perpendicular to the end grain. So even if there's a bevel cut on the end of the board, I'm going in perpendicular. And if that's the case, it makes the domino a cakewalk to use because you simply mm-hmm. set your your fence to the angle on the board and as long as your depth is set, you got the right domino selected, you just plunge and go. So it comes down to like, okay now where are those center points? So you might have a little math, you might have to draw a little bit, but it's just, it makes it so much easier. So when when folks are asking me to cover that in the videos, I always have reservations about covering anything domino specific to begin with. <laughs> But in this particular case, I'm like, is that really necessary? Like, should I do that? And I, it's just as I'm pondering it in my head, I'm not casting aspersions on anyone at all. I'm just wondering, is that valuable or is it, you know, is it servicing this situation where people are getting these tools a little bit too soon?
1: Well, I think if we come at it from a different angle as well, I mean, certainly there is the maybe shortcutting through the skill that that's really a domino argument. You know, mm-hmm. when the Domino first came out, all the hand tools outlets like me were like, yeah, you're cheating yourself and you know, whatever you can go that route. But I often wonder as well, like people get into this acquisition mode and this happens a lot on the hand tool world because you go to like an antique store and you see this lot of tools and you're like, I'm buying them all because it's a great price. <laughs> and then I, I hear this multiple times a week where a guy will send me an email and he's got, you know, Four hundred hand planes. Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. He's got four times the hand planes I do, and not a single one of them is tuned up and ready to work. And it's like you're just acquiring tools. You know this. This happens a lot in the vintage market. But then, like you'll see, oh, they've got a Veritas and a Lee Nielsen kind of sprinkled in there. And you know, I have a four and a four and a quarter and a four and a half and a five and a quarter and a five and a five and a half. And I'm thinking, good lord, man, I have a five. You know, I've never had a need for a five and a half or five and a quarter. And that comes out of, um, there was a time when I had a lot more planes than I do now. And by working with them, I realized, ah, this stuff is superfluous. And I've, I've, I like to call it optimized rather than downsize my tool list. it, It makes the cost, the loss of the money I spent hurt less when I say optimized. Um, but, but there's something to be said about buying tools that you, you not only have never used, but you've never even done the operation that that tool is is asking you to do. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, plane. that's another good one. plane's kind of cool, but it's really not that efficient of a tool. It really doesn't save that much time, and there's like five other ways you can cut a dado that's just as efficient. Mm-hmm. But they're cool looking, And you see them at the antique store, and it's like, oh, check this out. And you buy it, and then you realize, oh, man, now i got to have one for every size dado I ever want to cut. (laughs) And what happens if the board that I'm cutting is not quite the same size as that dado plane? So then you pull out a saw and a chisel and a router plane, and you do it that way. And that dado plane just gathers dust on the shelf. Um, And that's what I see more than anything, is just people buying up tool after tool because Schwartz has it and Schwartz recommends it or it's just cool i mean that's let's be let's be real there's something to be said about the great world we live in now with great makers of of boutique makers of tools that just have bling you know bad axe saws have a lot of bling on them you know Sauer and steiner planes they're amazingly gorgeous planes but is it really needed maybe Maybe and maybe wait until you have that case study or more importantly, wait until you built the project and then you look back and go, man, that would have been easier if I had. Um, Certainly you can stop in mid project and go, this would be a heck of a lot easier because you just cut that that first of nine sliding dovetails and you're like, holy crap, (laughs) I got to do eight more of those things. You know, perfect example, the dovetail chisel that I do own. I bought that when I built my first chest of drawers my first hand dovetail chest of drawers because of all those half blind dovetails in that chest of drawers, I got like through one drawer and I was like, Oh man, one of those dovetail chisels would be really useful here. <laughs> yep. So I bought a dovetail chisel and that's when it gets used now. Yeah. And I have a lot more certainly respect, but a lot more understanding of why I have that tool and what role does that serve in my, in my arsenal, mm-hmm. which I think is just as important. Um, you know, justifying the cost certainly mm-hmm. and being able to say i know i'm using this tool that i spent money on instead of just sitting in a in a corner and collecting dust waiting for that project to come along when i'll finally put to use that particular tool
0: yeah you know i've got two sides of my brain arguing here and one of them is <coughs> like Look, people can do whatever they want to do. If acquiring yeah. <laughs> tools makes them happy, who are we to to discourage them from doing that? Um, yeah, because we're all immune to that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've done it to a degree ourselves. I mean, I'm guilty of, of tool acquisition. And, and again, everybody can do whatever they want to do. I think the other side of my brain that's arguing here is the side that has to field questions from people <laughs> Who should already know the answer if they 're at that point? you know what I mean, like, and that's that's where I, I get to turn into the cranky old man is because i 'm the one fielding questions from people who I just want to say, "You got that too early, man. You should be going back to some fundamentals, you know, beef up your skills, understand what this does for you that makes this job faster, and then you'll have that answer you don't need me to answer that for you, um but I think you know the same thing could be turned right back around on me. how many old school woodworkers? would look at a person like me with zero experience, zero background, no training, and I go and buy a table saw and I start making furniture because I want to. You know what I mean? Like and aren't those shortcuts to the classic traditional ways of doing things. And Shannon, you know, you like to to flaunt this over us all the time (laughs) that you're a better you're a better woodworker, you know, because when the power goes out, you could still do what you do. And right. you know, for someone like but me, but then there's
1: that there's that guy that goes one step further than me and has like a flint axe, yeah, you know, and a rock. Who is like, yeah, well, <laughs> you're stupid because you have to have cryogenically cooled steel and right. you know special powder metalled steels and diamond stones, and I'm just using a rock and and another rock,
0: right? And, and like, then okay, and then that guy's getting win. that guy's getting emails from uh from from beavers, woodchucks, and uh, woodpeckers, <laughs> right. and are like, dude, oh. seriously,
1: you can't just use your mouth. <laughs> yeah, what but you a, can turn it around because all those beavers have <laughs> AOL accounts and you just laugh at them. They really go, Come do.
0: On. You're like, <laughs> I, knew that, I knew this well. was a beaver just by yeah. the URL.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, see, and that's the thing. I don't like to talk about something like this without also saying that, you know, ultimately, if it's making you happy, people who buy tools are supporting the woodworking industry. And the fact that they're oh, yeah. buying all of these boutique tools that, you know, maybe could be argued as unnecessary. It's still helping support someone's livelihood in this craft. And it's also helping support innovation. We mentioned handworks and all the new tools that are coming out. And this is like hand tool woodworking innovations. It almost yeah. is, you know, those things shouldn't go in the same sentence, but. But they do, because people are thinking about trying to improve these things because there's a market for it, and not all of that market is actually using the stuff to build furniture
1: well, I think that there's an element of it as well, or so many of us and and i I am guilty of this all the time. so many of us who have a day job and are in a in an office or in a cube during the during the week, and it's mm-hmm. like you you're coming in Monday morning you know riding that woodworking high because you were in the shop, you know, yesterday and you got this great stuff done and you wanted to get back to work and boy it would be great if I didn't have to go to my day job and you're stuck at your day job so what do you do? You go to leevalley.com Port? or leenielsen.com oh, and well, that was that was you, Mark. When, oh, okay. That's you what were, I did. You know. Well, they go to the com and they see Mark building the stuff and go, oh, okay, this is like living vicariously. This is the way I can woodwork when I can't get into the shop. And you know what? I think that's legit. It's the same reason SketchUp, I call SketchUp the woodworking video game. It's a way to get woodworking done when you can't actually get into the shop. Mm-hmm. Where, where I have a problem with it is when it starts to hold people back. When they get the feeling that they have to have you know, tool X, Y, and Z in order to even get started on that project. Mm-hmm. And there are certainly examples where there are some tools, you know, that that are needed, or the 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 alternate method, like you can cut a rabbit with just a chisel. I've done it many times, and it's a great skill builder, but it's a royal pain in the you-know-what to stupid. do it that way. It's stupid. You know? It. Or I can grab my rabbit plane and do it in half the time <laughs> yeah. you know, or a quarter of the time um, or a router or whatever. So there's something to be said where it's like if that next project you're going to start is going to require you to make 30 rabbits and you don't have a rabbit plane and you want to do it by hand or at least a router or something, then okay. But there's there's your impetus to go and buy that. It's thinking, okay, now I've got to go and spend several thousand dollars on tools mm. before I can ever cut wood. Um, and that's what really startles me is I see this guy and, like, I've seen their shop and I've seen their tool collection. I'm like, wow, this is a seasoned woodworker. And then he puts out this table and it's like, it's my first real piece of furniture. And I'm like, say what now? <laughs> like, wow. What have you been doing all these years? You know, Unless you just went out and wrote a check for $50,000 on all those tools at once, you probably have been acquiring them over time. And yet, nothing was built. And and believe me, we've all succumbed to it. Mm-hmm. I have I have a, a nice collection of spoon carving knives, and I've carved six spoons. So, it's pretty <laughs> you good. Know, yeah, that's a good average. <laughs> but but four of them were in the last couple of months. So let's put it that way. <laughs> I've had this nice collection of spoon carving knives all away from the UK for about two years. And I bought them thinking, oh, I really want to, you know, the spoon carving thing is all the rage now. So I got to have spoon carving. So believe me, we are, <laughs> I'll speak for myself. I am just as guilty of all yeah. the stuff that I'm, you know, ranting about right now. But, you know,
2: it's, it's do as I say not as I do, people.
0: Yes. Matt, you've been awfully silent.
2: Well, you guys have been talking a lot. I don't want to, you know, disturb anything over Remember,
0: here. no respect right. for us. Just start
2: talking. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, you know, I, I think this kind of leads to like another like kind of offshoot thing that's kind of kind of similar. It's like when people see a project and they assume they can't do that because they don't know how to do a certain type of joinery, mm-hmm. or like I guess joinery is probably the best example of it. Where it's like you did it this way, so I, it means I have to do it exactly the same way. But they can't think like, oh, I could use this alternate thing. So like anything that any like plan you buy that like someone's like. You can use a domino to do this. Well, you can use, you can also use pocket holes because they're both non integral pieces of joinery. You, right. you can cut the pieces to exactly the same length as in plan. You can use dowels, you can use dominoes, you can use pocket holes. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about like adding more length for an integral tenon. That's kind of where I'm getting, going with that one. But that's a good point. I, know, I, I see that one a lot more. Yeah. I think.
0: Hmm. All right. I, agree. Well, I think we exhausted. Well said, Matt. Yes. I, think you spoke ah. up. I was gonna say I'm ah. so glad he finally spoke up. When I he, do, it's very,
2: very worthwhile. When you speak, we listen. I'm telling you. You did. I appreciate that.
1: I was typing up the show notes, actually.
2: So, <laughs> you know, really. Well, your face looked attentive. so He
0: was looking at the screen. So that,
1: that's I'm really cool. good at that. Remember, I work at a <laughs> real job, so I'm real good at listening and pretending I'm working.
0: He also paints eyeballs on his eyelids. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's Mark doesn't tattooed on right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right well hey let us know if you um if you're one of those folks who've acquired tools maybe there's maybe there's a uh, a benefit to it I mean it's fun right you just get a yeah. whole shop full of tools and go I mean that's that's fantastic if you have a means to do it Um, or if you think we're wrong on this I think we actually did a pretty good job of saying that we suck at this too
1: but yeah. <laughs> we're see, just kind of in fun. case you're worried about writing in sliding dovetail plane yeah I've done it too what I've a jerk tools. You but bought I totally one, too? I bought six. <laughs> one in each size. They're all the same size, Matt. Oh, well, now they're different, always sharp.
0: Different you guys, bodies? You different guys weights? are
1: terrible. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you guys are terrible. As
0: I, as I stand in front of my new Incra router table to replace my perfectly good <laughs> Jessam router table, that was fine. Was it a color choice thing? Look, I, I like red and gold. It's just, uh, it's just my personal preference. Now, you know, I, I wanted to replace it because I wanted to, um, I've always wanted a Incra um, fence system on a router table. I don't like it on the table saw, but I did like it on the, the router table and it, I just figured it was time to do it and it gives me, you know, it gives me perspective. I mean, that's, that's always the default excuse, guys. When people are like, why did you do that? It's because, look, my job, Is to understand different tools and to give advice on tool brands. So I do this. Why do you say
2: that? I do this for you. The same thing that I think. Yeah, Yeah, I I tell that a lot uh, of things that I
0: buy.
1: I do this for you guys. This isn't about me. (laughs) Well, actually, in all seriousness, but without extending the show too much longer, I've been woodworking long enough now that the tools coming out now are better than when I bought it. The first time, like there sure. have been innovations, mm-hmm. like even in my Veritas tools, Veritas has updated the design since I bought it. Yeah, they do that. And a it's lot, like, too. oh man. Yep. <laughs> so, like, the whole technology thing, like, my iPhone is obsolete a week later. It's happened in tools now where I actually bought a shooting board plane. Because it's actually better, it's more innovative, and it works better than the old school shooting board plane that I did have, and I fought it for a good two years before I finally said, "Okay, fine." Yeah, (laughs) I begrudgingly dropped down the whatever 450 bucks it was to buy that that Veritas shooting plane. But it happens a lot now. Well, how about the? I
0: mean, Benchcrafted is great at this. Uh, A year after I make the the Rubo build in the guild, (laughs) they completely (laughs) negate the existence of a parallel guide in a leg vice.
1: Right. And the right. crisscross. And, and I'm sitting here thinking about the retrofit, going, do I really want to take the time to do that? I'm yeah. going to have to make a whole new chop. You know, the, the, my tail vice is the original benchcrafted tail vice with the curved profile. Uh-huh. And you had to excavate that like convex or yeah. concave looking, uh, huge rabbit from the underside of the bench. Right. And then like six months later, they made it in a square profile and I'm thinking, yeah. <laughs> do we see, I was like, thinking about that, that as was so I was much making harder mind. to do it that way. As
0: I was making mine, I'm like, ah, oh, look at Shannon, what a loser, you know? And then a uh, year later, the crisscross comes out and it just makes it like, there is absolutely no reason to have a parallel guide anymore. If you, if right. you don't mind buying a piece of hardware to do that job.
1: Yeah. Oh, so good stuff. It's a great world. <laughs> But it's turning into a technology world where now stuff is out of date six months later. Yeah, that's
0: the rough part. All right. Well, let us know your thoughts on this, and uh, I guess we'll catch you guys next time.
1: Happy weekend. Uh Yay. Happy Memorial Day weekend.